Well, good evening. Well, good evening. It's good to see you here tonight. We're glad you're here. You know, we're always blessed to have when Greg Ole's here. You know, we've got such a good group of guys. We've got uh, next week will be uh, Gizmo McCracken, the rodeo clown, and uh, his wife will be here to sing. And they always do a great job. I love having them here. I and we so, look at the same time so I can I can be here when Gizmo. Well, you can come right back. I mean, you know, there, there ain't nothing says your truck can't drive up here. Okay, all right, I just did discussion there. Anyway, uh, very good to uh, uh, good to have you guys here tonight. Let me ask you a question. Are you expecting? Amen. Well, I tell you what, as we get ready to worship, we're going to open with a word of prayer, and then we're going to have Greg go, and I'll do it in just a second. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. We thank and praise you for this evening. I thank you that you've drawn these people in. We pray every week that you draw them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord God, we thank and praise you that as you draw them into this place, they hear your voice as, as, they, as you speak to them through the word, through song. And I thank you, Father, that they're encouraged by the fellowship. Lord God, I ask that you would just uh, impart into each one of us the love and the life of God. And I pray, Father God, that we'd be able to take it to the, the world around us and impact it. We just give you praise and glory for it. We ask your anointing upon every aspect of this service tonight. Give you praise for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give Greg Ole a hand. Wow, well, is it good to be an Enid tonight? I'm going to have you guys down to Wellston sometime. You guys need to come and worship in our church for a change, hey? Huh? No, I'm just kidding. It's a long way for all of you to come. I love coming up here. My wife and I love uh, the days that we get, uh, we get to come up here and spend some time in the car together. It's about two hours up here, so it's good quality time for us to, for, well, I take, for me to watch her sleep and take a nap in the car. Yeah, I, I can't lie in church, you know, and I'm just kidding. She helped me tonight. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. It's going to be a long ride home. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love about Cowboy Church ministry the most? And I, I know that we say that any, any, any house of the Lord that you might go to on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or whatever, you're, you're able to come and worship as you, as you are, that God meets you where you're at. But I have found that doing cowboy church ministries in lots of different places, you see a wide variety of people. It's not just cowboys. It's not guys that make a living on horseback or, you know, cattlemen or whatever. There's a lot of different types of people that come. And God is amazing in the fact that no matter where I'm at, no matter where I'm, how I'm dressed or where my mind is at, he's going to meet me right here the way I am. And he's going to meet you. So we can come as we are and we can meet with the Lord. So I'm going to sing a song. It's just called Come As You Are.
Jesus and all those who stray. Come sit at the table, come taste the grace. There's rest for the weary and rest that endures. And earth has no sorrows that heaven can cure. was awesome. I tell you what, we got a little cut out on that mic. We're going to switch them out and see if we can change it up. Got a couple of announcements uh, just to make real quick, and then we'll get Greg back up here. Uh, one of them is we have a men's meeting on Saturday the 28th, Full Armor Men's uh, over down at Camp Clearview from 5 to 8. Uh, also, next week I said Gizmo will be here. Always remember also the cafe's open 5.30 to uh, uh, right before service starts and uh, the pre-service music starts at 6.30. You can visit with people and get to know them and, and uh, listen to great music both. And so that is an awesome thing. Sue Estel is not here, right? She didn't get out here. Okay. Well, if you uh, got her number, you might give her a call. Uh, it It is uh, her. Today is her birthday. And so we obviously, they might be watching, uh, John will watch sometimes. So if uh, y'all are watching, we sure wish Sue Estel a happy 94th birthday. So that's pretty good. And always sits up here. Uh, so very, very excited about uh, the fact that she's still alive and healthy and kicking. So we're just glad to have her. All right, I think the other thing we need to do is thank Dakota and Clarissa Davis. Always blessed to have the opportunity to use this facility. We always pray a blessing on them. And so let's give them a round of applause. Also want to just let you know uh, the buckets around are for your giving. You can sow a seed into the ministry at each one of these buckets. You can give at each one of them, or you can give in just one, either one. And uh, but they're there for you to give and sow a seed. You know, God, uh, I'm going to teach tonight not on really on financing, 
finances, but on, on giving, just having a giving heart is the title of my message tonight. And you know, part of what we do is, is financial giving, but we give in a lot of different ways. But God always says he, he will abundantly bless those that are generous, those that give. The Bible is clear throughout it from very start to very finish. In fact, what did he do with Adam and Eve in the, in the Garden of Eden? He gave them the seed-bearing trees and all the things that would produce. He, he began the kingdom of God as seed time and harvest. And so he gave us the illustration of, of planting a seed through our giving. And so as you give... Don't just do it out of obligation. Don't just do it to honor the church or to honor God. Just only also do it knowing that God's going to repay, replenish, restore, and even multiply our gifts given. I tell you what, if you haven't ever uh, done a study on that, I challenge you to do so. And you will, you will, you will have an even greater attitude in, of generosity as you give because God's faithful to his word. I, I can guarantee you. I've watched it. Uh, all of my life, adult life of being married at 19 years old and, and beginning to give at that time, my wife and I decided we were going to be givers and, and sowers, and we didn't have much to give, but we've always had more than enough because of that. And so I can entrust that, that you will see the same benefits. So let's pray over the offering. Father, we just praise you and we thank you for the offering given today. We thank you that those that give that are represented here as givers, we, we can stand in agreement. Your Bible, your word, the Bible says that if we have two or more agree as concerning anything, it'll be done for them. So, Lord, there's power in our agreement. I'm going to agree with everyone here that as they give, as they sow of their substance, of their blessing, of, their provi of your provision to them, that, Lord, it'll be provided back to them again, like your word says, so that you'll have for every good work. I thank you, Lord God, for the abundant supply in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, let, tonight, uh, you know, Greg, if you had never heard Greg before, I told him a couple of times he sounded like some of these really good guys. It's something we don't always, uh, uh, the really good guys is in Zach Williams or, or some, of those, some of those really, really good guys. But, you know, I, I come to find out he... Uh, Told me a story he could have gone, had an opportunity to go to Nashville, turned it down. Didn't feel like that's the way he wanted to raise his family and where he wanted to go. That was a long time ago when he was a little younger. I think his wife was a little bit disappointed. She she wanted to be a, gr a groupie. She just wanted to follow you around. And, and now oh, she's just... She did. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why we didn't go. Oh, that was not the story I got earlier. Well, I'm glad you straightened us out right here in front of everybody. Yes, <laughs> but anyway, what a what a blessing he is. The fact that uh, the fact that he stayed true to his family, but continues to worship and serve God with his music. And so, let's give Greg a hand. Amen. Uh, yeah. Well, since you brought that up, that was uh, that was when I was a bit of an unchurched young man. I was raised in a church. My father was a priest in, a, in, a, uh, in an Episcopal church and uh, retired as a bishop in that church, far from the Baptist church that I serve in. Well, there's a lot of feedback. Is it that monitor? Might be that monitor. Um, yeah, that was long ago. That was before we had kids. And I want to sing this song, and it kind of segued into where I was going to go with this. And I'm singing this song because it's, it's a big prayer. And right now we have a 19-year-old uh, a daughter that is following a, a dream of hers and uh, you know, started out at OSU last semester. And opportunities, oftentimes God gives us opportunities and he opens up doors when we're least expecting it. And she's no longer in Stillwater. She's following her dream of riding horses and, and living that life. And she's working for a big cutting horse trainer. And she's in Georgia right now at a big futurity. And she's part of his, his, uh, his organization. And she's working her tail off, warming horses up and wearing them down so they can go into the cutting ring. And, and uh, so she's taken an opportunity that i believe the lord laid out in front of her because that is something that he's blessed her with is a tremendous skill in horsemanship and this song kind of well let me read to you 
Lead me, Lord, I'll follow anywhere you open up the door. Let your word speak to me what I've never seen before. Lord, I want to be a witness. You can take what's wrong in me and make it right. So my encouragement to her was, yes, go follow your dreams. Give it a, give it a whirl. And yeah, it's hard watching them walk, you know, drive away, and she'll be gone this whole semester uh, from Houston to Georgia to Louisiana. But my encouragement was to her was to be a witness in the working pen around all these people that spend probably don't spend a whole lot of time in church because they're they're riding, you know, they're competing. So lead me, Lord, I'll follow. That's what I love about this song. It's a prayer saying, God, I'll follow you. If you open up the door, I'll walk through it. Just show me and allow me to be a witness for you. And all the things that I believe that are wrong with me, you can make them right. And you can change the world through us. So um, this song's nothing but a prayer. Lily of the valley, let your sweet aroma fill my life. Share and show me how to grow in beauty in God's sight. The fairest of ten thousand make me a reflection of your life. Day start shine down on me let your love shine through me in the night and lead me Lord I'll follow anywhere you open up the door let It's wrong and make it right. And day stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through. Let your love 
shine through me in the night. Let's sing that one more time. about you but he's opened up some awesome doors for me one of them is this place right here being able to meet Kevin some Koja rodeos him inviting me being a witness sharing just being a friend leads me to Kelly leads me to Cowboy Church here what an awesome door that he opens I just want to be a witness for his kingdom amen I pray that you guys feel the same way, that you understand the doors that you've got open. Well, I'm singing a lot of melancholy songs tonight. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of energy, man. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's all right. It's just where I'm at how I try to pick out songs. It's just uh, where I'm at and where God's talking, you know, where he has me and what he's talking to me about. And out of the depths I cry to you In darkest places I will call Incline your ear to me anew And hear my cry for mercy, Lord And were you to count my sinful ways How could I come before your throne Yet full forgiveness meets my gaze. I stand redeemed by grace alone. And I will wait for you. I will wait for you on your word. I will rely and I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till soul is satisfied so put your hope in God alone take courage in his power to save completely and forever emerging from the grave and I will wait for you I will wait for you on your word I will rely and I will wait for you surely wait for you till my soul is satisfied 
I just want to take this time to pray for your holy word and for the messenger that you've appointed to bring that word to us. Father, I pray for him. You know I pray for him daily. And Father, right now as he stands before us and he brings the almighty word that you've blessed us with so greatly, that whatever comes out of his mouth is not just Kelly Cronkite, it's, it's God, it's you. Lord, we thank you for your word, we thank you for this time, we thank you for this place where we can gather, and all the people that make this church do what it does, minister to people, love the community around, be an outward-facing church, to teach the Bible, to be family. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this church. It's in Jesus' holy name that I pray, amen. Thank you, brother. I tell you what, uh, it's always a blessing to uh, have Greg. I always know that he's going to minister effectively. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people are asking, thank you, bud. A lot of people, times people are asking, what, what, do you, what do you pick for songs? And, or, or people say, what are you preaching on? And I said, you just hear God and let God direct you. That's, of course, me and Greg never had that conversation. But others sometimes will ask me that. And sometimes I'll tell them. Sometimes I know ahead of time. Sometimes I don't know very far in advance. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I trust that the Holy Spirit is ministering to us. I want, I want God to speak to you what you need to hear. And I don't always know exactly where everybody's at. And I can promise you when I'm preparing a message, I'm not trying to uh, uh, think about what, you know, this guy needs or this gal needs or this person needs. I, I don't, you know, I used to do that when I first started in ministry as a young man. Uh, I would start preparing a message and God would give me a word and I'd be all excited and I'd think, boy, oh, oh, you know, Miss, Miss Barbara needs this man or Mr. You know, Mr. Pete, he needs this or so-and-so needs this. And I'd get all excited. They're going to hear God today. I got a word for him and they wouldn't show up at church. And I just learned that I need to quit thinking about the other people and just follow what God said. And you know what? Uh, that's what I've done ever since. And I want you to turn tonight to Luke chapter 6. And I'm going to begin here in the New Testament. Jesus is speaking. If you've got a red-letter Bible, it'll be written in red. And I just encourage you to, to listen. Uh, at least part of it will be. I believe all of this. Uh, which uh, Luke chapter 6. And... You know, there's there's a couple of verses, or these two verses tied together. I'm going to read actually verse 37 and verse 38. You know, I titled this, Have a Heart of a Giver. And, you know, I think sometimes 
If we want to be, we talk about wanting to be like Jesus, and I'm talking to Christians, Christians who want to be like Jesus. If we want to be like Jesus, one of the things that we ought to have as our goal is to be a giver. Because what did Jesus do? He demonstrated that the love of the Father in, in, that, in his, the example of his life, when he walked this earth, he did what he did, what, God, what he saw God do. He spoke what he heard God say. He asked God all that he did. If you ever wonder what God's will is, look at Jesus' life. What did Jesus do for people? How did, he, how did he heal? How did he minister? How did he comfort? How did he pray over? How did he speak to? All of the things that, God, that Jesus demonstrated was the will of God. But here in verse 37, I want you to look at this. It says, Do not judge, and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. And it says in verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Boy, I tell you what, I, I don't know about you, but I, I like the way that sounds, especially that, bat, that, that last part. In fact, most, a lot of Christians will take just verse 38, and they'll take verse 38, and they quote it. Boy, they know it. They got it painted on, stuck on their mirror, and they got it out around. Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom. Boy, I tell you what, I want that scripture. But I don't think you can separate verse 37 verse 38. You need to walk in th verse 37 also. Oh, now, preacher, just quit messing with, with me. Don't get into that kind of stuff. What does it say? Do not judge, and you won't be judged. You know, what it's telling us there is we set the tone in this whole verse. Jesus is saying he puts it in our, the responsibility on us. He says, if you don't want to be judged, don't judge. If you don't want to be condemned, don't condemn. Jesus is kind of being straightforward right there, and he says, you decide. That kind of goes along with Deuteronomy 30, chapter 30, where God said, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing, and he tells us what to choose. He says, choose life. You know, that's the thing that, that I think we need to understand is that God is in the making us better business. I love that song, that first song in the, after the offering that you sang about, about God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll, go, I'll do anything you want me to do. It reminded me of, of myself at about 20 years of age, whenever 20, maybe 22, by the time that I finally surrendered to God. Yeah, it's probably 22 years old by the time I, I just knelt in the alfalfa field and said, okay, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go do anything you want me to do. And thank God he didn't tell me where he was going to send me. And all I was going to do, because I might have reneged on my, on my statement, but God walked me along in a, in a process. And uh, as he, by the time I was asked to do a lot, it was, it, by the time I was asked to do um, all, some of those things, I, I had faith to believe and faith to trust. Notice he says, don't judge and, and do not be judged. Then you'll not be judged. Don't con be condemned. You'll not be condemned. And then we can just forget that part where it says forgive and you will be forgiven. We just want to pass right on by that, right? We don't want to, oh, don't ask me to forgive. But see, here's my title, remember, is to have a heart of a giver. If I have a heart of a giver, I'm willing to do for others. What's the demonstration? of a giver is somebody who's willing to give and it's not just when we feel like it it's not just when we see the need but we're in a position to say I want to give and and we set our life up for that you know uh I remember as a as a young man God just putting that in my heart just said Man, I want to. I want to be a giver. I, I, it came over me as I was sitting at the sound booth, running the sound in the church back at back home, and I, I remember writing a note in, on my notes, and I carried that in that Bible for years. God, make me a giver. Give me a heart to give. Give me provision to give. Give me talents to give. Give me the ability to give. And it set us on a good path because I wanted. Luke 6, 38. I don't remember if that's what the preacher was preaching. I'm getting a, boy, a lot of ring down here. I'm not in the monitor, am I? Okay. It just sounds really wow loud. 
Is it? Okay. I don't know if it's the outside one's not doing it or, or what it is, but it, it seems really loud to me. Um, verse 38, he says, give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, I like the way that, that sounds. He says, press down, shaking together, running over. You ever try to fill a basket as full as you can get it? You know, you, you take something and you press it down and you shake it and you press it down and you, you get it as full as it'll go. And then he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill it to overflowing. You see, that's the way God wants to give to us. I don't believe that that is talking completely about money or only about money. I think it's about every aspect of our life. Here's the thing that I know, that when I've given my life to God and I've surrendered all of those things to Him, man, I tell you what, He just continues to provide for me. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. You want me to switch mics? Are we good? Okay. In... Uh, you know, one of the things is uh, one of the things that will we'll begin, I think, in, in this verses 37 and 38. Verse 37, the first part of this is he says, do not be judged or do not judge and you'll not be judged. Don't condemn. You'll not be condemned. You know what that tells me is is first thing I need to do is I need to be willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. You, you ever you ever have that thought or that idea? You know, you give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you, you decide as a as a uh, a lifestyle that you're going to not judge people first. You know, this world has all kinds of different people in it, and you can see somebody who's way different than you. And you may see this person, and and you may prejudge them as as uh, genuine, or you may prejudge them as. Uh, Somebody who you can trust and you know, I can usually talk to somebody just in meeting them and talk to them for just a little while And I have the ability to trust them. I had a man come and buy a trailer from me the, the other night And uh, we talked on the phone. I didn't know him But I just talked to him enough that I had trust in him He came and picked this trailer up at nine o'clock at night and wrote me a personal check took off of my trailer Never met him before right then now, I don't do that very often. Sue, goes, Sue, I got in the house. She goes, did, did you take his check? I said, yeah, I took his check. She said, I hope that's all right. I said, I hope so, too. But, you know, I did take a picture of his driver's license. I didn't trust him that much. <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those types of deals you try to have a, a, a judgment, first of all. But let me ask you another question. Have you ever had somebody that you prejudged as good and then you find out, found out they weren't? We all have been there and done that. You know, as, I, as a kid, I remember going out, being on my own and at, at a young age, and, and, I, and I remember just trusting everybody because if somebody, I didn't lie, so I'd assumed other people didn't lie. I wasn't old enough, I was too naive to realize that there's some people that would lie to you, tell you exactly what you want to hear, or say, say what you think, and, and they know when they told you they weren't going to back that up. But you know... When we put our, hand, put, put our trust in God to do things God's way, we get God's results. Here's what I've learned is any time, even when we fail in trusting somebody, when we're doing and living by principle of God, by the principles of God, that God will make up the difference. He'll take care of us even when we lose. God will make a way. He'll provide. And, and he shifts right immediately from give, that verse 38, give and it'll be given to you. You know, the, the other th part of that is he put on us the responsibility to do something. He didn't say, God will give it to you in abundance, good measure, percent. He said, first of all, what do we have to do? Give. You know, I ask people sometimes, you know, that are, that are struggling in some areas of life, and, and I, I always want to ask, I don't, but I always want to ask the question, are you willing to, are you giving to the Lord? Are you doing the things that God says to do that return you the principles of, of blessing, the, the, the way? You know, in this trailer deal, I had another trailer found. I thought I had it bought. And the guy just texted me and said, nope, this trailer sold. I sold mine. He took off with it. I thought I had mine bought, and I didn't get it. And you know what? At first, that irritated me. kind of made me mad. 
Because this trailer I've been looking for for about a year and a half, and I found it at a really good price, I thought. But I sat right there and I said, God, I sow that, I give that blessing on that man. Not going to carry in bitterness. Not going to hold any unforgiveness. I'm going I'm to forgive. I'm going to walk in forgiveness toward that. And you know what? I got excited when I got to thinking about that because here I am talking about good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I believe because I'm a giver, because my wife and I endeavor to give to God and we trust him in all things and we're not unwilling to do, to hold bitterness, resentment, condemnation, judgment, and unforgiveness that God will make a way. So there's a trailer out there. I don't know where it's at yet, but it's going to be just like I like. And I think it's going to be better. That one was red, and I really didn't want a red one. I wanted a black or a white one. I really wanted a black one, but, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I want a trailer that to, when, the, when the chips and the rust, you know, doesn't show through, I want a brown. That would be really good, a dark brown. I'd match my truck. But, you know, here's the thing. I'm just going to entrust that to God. And you know what? I believe it, it, it will all come together, and that one may come back around. I'd take it if it, if it came back around. But I... I, I just live by this. See, I could have gotten busy saying, well, being bitter, being angry, all these other things that would have gotten me away from my faith, which is, God, I give, therefore, I'm, it's given unto me. Now, uh, so the first principle of life out of these two things is that we, we uh, give people the benefit of the doubt. We choose to say, God, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to walk in your way. I got a great statement written down here. It says it's a thousand times easier to criticize than create. That's why critics are never problem solvers. Another, another scripture says any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most do. Dale Carnegie said that. I, I think I, I need to say that one again. Any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most do. Whew, I need to ask myself if I'm criticizing and complaining, am I the fool? Uh, I'll just let you think about that one. You know, I like I like Proverbs. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to turn there, but Proverbs 22:10. I don't know if she's got it. She can put it up there, maybe. But it says, "Throw out the mocker, and out goes the strife. Quarrels and insults are ended." You know, I think there's a, a, a lot of wisdom to do things God's way. If you're around critical, judgmental people who won't forgive and hold on to bitterness, you need to ask yourself: Is that an environment that I want to be in? And so you need to help to change that environment. If you're married, you're stuck there. <laughs> Maybe. You need to get you need to get that you need to get that fixed. You need to ask yourself, here's the thing, if you're around somebody who's that away, the best thing we can do is pray for them. I'm amazed at what God can do through prayer and and especially in a in a relationship situation. The other thing I want to do, the second thing I want to do is I want to develop a lifestyle of a giver, and it begins with the giving people forgiveness. You know, we, we like to talk about giving financially or giving of time or giving of talents, but how about the wealth of giving forgiveness to someone? I really didn't spend any time in bitterness or resentment or anger. I just trusted and gave it to God. Uh, let's, let's do turn to Proverbs chapter 11. I want us to see this. This is God's attitude and mindset towards those that give. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 11, verse 25. Proverbs, I'm just testing y'all. See if y'all were sharp and on, on point, and you were. You passed the test. Proverbs, I almost said Genesis again. Proverbs. Chapter 11, verse 25 says, A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I like the, the King James says, The generous will, person will be rich. Now, I believe riches is way more than just money. Uh, there's riches in peace and life and relationship and all of those things. But here's the thing in health, all of those things. But notice, a generous person will prosper, will prosper, will prosper. It's hard to keep somebody who's generous and willing to give from, from being prosperous in life. And again, that goes extends beyond money, but, but prosperous in all the areas of life because God blesses us when we're generous. It says, whoever refreshes others 
will be refreshed or watered. The New King James says those who water others will, will be watered. Uh, sounds like I wrote in the Bible, and I just now caught this because I hadn't gone back over these uh, in this Bible here. I said uh, I wrote out besides, sounds like Luke 6:38, with the same measure you measure, it'll be measured to you again. You know that's the way God does it. So I want to set our hearts and, and, our, and our minds to think about that tonight as we as we look at this a little more. Let's look at Second Corinthians uh, chapter nine. I hope I, I hope I hope I can paint a picture for you because sometimes, you know, uh, God asks for faith and us to walk by faith where God's concerned. You know, we want God's help and His provision when we can't handle things sometimes. We don't ask oftentimes when we, when sometimes people don't ask oftentimes whenever they can handle it themselves. But see, here's the thing. When, when, we, when we walk in a lifestyle that says, God, I want what you, I want to do things your way, we'll get God's results again. That, I've said that many times, but I, that's so true. Verse, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He says, remember this, that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Same as what Jesus said about the sowing. However you sow, the measure you give, it'll be given to you again. I always use the illustration of, a, you know, you want, you want a five-gallon bucket measures, or you want, you know, wheelbarrow measures, or you want, you know, bobtail truck measures, or you want semi-measures. You know, I remember whenever uh, Sue and I first began to... Uh, uh, walk like this and, and by faith and, and give and trust God where our finances were concerned. You know, we didn't have much to give, but the check we wrote was big because it really did, it was it was still a large portion of our giving. But I remember a time when it was in about 1998 or nine, right in there, and we were ju had just had our third child, and I was on an associate pastor's salary. We'd bought a house. The payment was a little more than we could stand or we're comfortable with. We had this, this other kid, you know, God, these kids, you know. Now, we were excited about that. But this other kid came along, and when this other kid came along, it really stretched us. And you know what we did? Instead of uh, running in fear or being in concern, we took these principles and we said, God, your word says that if we sow, we'll reap. If we give and are obedient to you, that you'll provide. And we'd lived like that already. We'd been married, I don't know, by that time, a long time. Anyway, quite a while. Long enough to, uh, whatever, from 86 to 99, you figure it out. And so during that time, we, we had demonstrated this, but we stood on this scripture. Verse 7 says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, Again, you see that in that verse that he puts it back on us. He says, you, he says, he says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Just like Jesus saying, you give with what measure, and that's the measure it'll come back to you. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Now, let me think about this. First of all, we set our heart to be a giver, and we, and, and we, and we approach God with a willingness then it says, not reluctantly. Now, why would we be reluctant? Our emotions get involved. Our flesh gets involved. Why do we, why do we get reluctant? I mean, some people, boy, you start talking about money in church, and some preachers won't talk about money in church. And I think I do you a disservice if we don't talk about money in church. But I mean, some people, boy, they just draw up. I'm sure it's none of you. It's all those people that didn't come to church tonight, right? But you draw up because, by golly, you've got a hold of it and you want to hold on to it. Reluctance, though, why would you be that way? I've heard all kinds of things. I've heard people say, well, I wouldn't want to give it to that preacher. Well, you're not giving it to the preacher. You say, they'll say, oh, I wouldn't give it to that church. They don't, whatever. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. But oftentimes it comes back to pride over your own money, and this may hurt a little bit for somebody, probably not again, not any of you, but think about this. Why would you be reluctant? You'd be reluctant because either pride 
or fear. And see, what does God teach us? Walk not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. Receive and understand the power of God, the ways of God. That sets you free. What did Jesus come for? Set you free. Why would we want to be controlled by something like pride or fear? See, we determined, I determined at a young age, I, wasn't going to, I, wasn't, I was going to trust God, so I was going to do things God's way. God's always provided. He's, been, he's made these provisions. So the first thing is reluctance. I don't want to be reluctant. And again, I'm not trying to get your money. I don't work on commission. So, you know. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, that, loosen up a little bit. And the other thing is, is I'm not going to be under compulsion. So you say, well, okay, so the, see, that's why we don't talk about great needs. We don't talk about, we don't beg you for money. We don't, we don't ask you to give to certain things or campaigns. We lay out there. I'll have people once in a while say, how's the church doing? Do you need some money? You know what I'll say? I don't know. You just pray and ask God. I want you to give because God puts it in your heart to give. And that's the way we talk about money here. And again, I think it's the, the responsibility to get us from a place of uh, doing things our own way, holding on to things, and trusting God and giving it to God. Because look at where he doesn't stop there. He says, don't give reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That means God's noticing that. He, he's loving that. I mean, if I do something that God loves, I mean, you think about your kids. When, when my, my, our youngest daughter was rodeoing, I spent more money on her because she was doing the thing I loved. <laughs> don't tell mom. Don't tell Sue. Don't tell the other kids, the other three kids. Oh, she was also the baby. But, you know, we, if, if we was at a rodeo somewhere and she needed a bit or she needed a bridle or she needed, a, you know, a piece of clothing, I mean, she had a nice hat and, boy, she had good boots and she had stuff. Why? Because, Dad, she was doing, she was making me happy. I was, I was happy. Now she doesn't get nothing because you quit rodeoing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just having fun with that one. But, but it was easy. It was free. And, you know, I think God sees that. He sees our willingness. Now notice verse 8 says, I love this. And God is able to bless you abundantly. See, there's the re return on that giving, that trusting God, that doing things God's way. He's going to bless us abundantly so that, and here's the motivation for the blessing, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. See, isn't that amazing? People think God's just trying to get it out of your hand when God's trying to get it, the seed of it so he can multiply it, so he can bless it. He wants to be able to bring it back to us in every aspect of life. It's not so we get filthy rich. That ain't the motivation. It's so that we have to give to every good work so that we're never in short supply, so we're never limited Man, we're building an arena out here. We're, we're, we're doing things for the kingdom of God. We're trying to do things to help people, to reach people. We don't ever want to be limited in resources. And you know what that requires? It requires people to be generous. But you can't be generous if you don't have, an, an, have it in abundance. I started to tell the story back there in 1999 when Sue and I were, were having our third son, and, or our third kid, first son, third child. And, and, but we were strapped. And we went to God, and part of what we did is stood on this part. And then we got to verse 10. you got to see this. He says, Now he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, and will also supply and increase your store of seed, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving God. You see, a right attitude and mindset about money says, God, I want to be a giver. God's mindset about money is that I want to provide more than enough so that you can be generous. But we got to have faith to believe. He gives, he gives seed to the sower. Here's what God did for us. We were... We were um, 
I was a, associate pastor in a very large church and in full time ministry and on a salary. Sue was, we just had our, our other child, third child, and we, we, she couldn't really work. Uh, we were over in Arkansas, didn't have family or anything. And I, we took this and we said, God, help us in our need. We were, we were making it, but, but barely. And he gave me, us, this scripture. And I said, okay, God, I'm trusting you for the seed. I didn't trust him for abundance to help us out. Immediately, I said, God, I'm just going, I want your seed because I want your return. What he did is he gave me a Saturday job. There was a friend of mine that was cutting firewood. He'd lost his job, and he was cutting uh, firewood for a living. And so he went out cutting firewood. And I went, and I would take my Saturday, and, and I would go cut. We'd cut about five to six ricks of wood over there. And with those big old trees, you could cut them big red oaks down, get a lot of firewood out of them, split. We would cut and split five ricks, a 16-foot trailer heaped up. And, and deliver that on, on, in a day. Now, that's a day's work. And he'd give me 50 or $100. I mean, this was long, to, you know, back a ways back. But we would get that money, and that, we knew that was our seed. And Sue and I would we'd pray over that. We'd say, thank you, Father, for this seed. Now, Lord, what do we do with it? And it was pretty awesome to watch because there were times that God instructed us to give it in the offering plate at the church. There were other times that God had, had told us to hold on to it. There were times that God told us then, later, with more together, to give to uh, an individual, sometimes in the church. And God would lay somebody on, on my heart. And the way I did it is I'd give it to the head usher, and I'd say, I want you to give this to so-and-so. Don't tell them where it came from. Because we weren't doing it for any attention other than we were going to sow to God. One quick story that's really cool. I was ministering uh, one night on a Wednesday night. I was, I, it was my turn to preach, and I, I got to preach on Wednesday night. There was probably three or 400 people in, the, in a congregation on a Wednesday night. By the Spirit of the Lord, towards the end of the service, I said, this is, God had spoken to me when I was sitting before I came up to preach. He said, there's somebody here that God's speaking to, to to do something, and they're hesitant. Tell them to do it. God said that to me as clear as day. I kind of passed it off, didn't think about it. Long about the end of the service, God brought that to my attention again, reminded me of that. I said that. I said, now, I don't know who this is for, but somebody here is God speaking to you, and you're hesitant to do it. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't say it was money. I didn't know what it was. And after the service, a lady that I was a regular attender, she came up to me, she said, you know, this is really, really weird, but God said to give you this check for this amount, and it was like $136.53 or some crazy deal. And, and it didn't have pay to the order written in it. She said, I don't know who this is for, what you're supposed to, what to, but I'm supposed to give it to you. And I said, okay, thank you. And I took that, took that check and then I went, okay, Lord, you know, what do I do with it? Well, I don't remember. I think it was the next Sunday morning. I carried it in my billfold, and uh, that was seed to sow. She sowed it to me, but God didn't give it for me to use. He gave it for me to sow. I, there was a lady who had been coming to the, the office for counseling. She and her husband were struggling. He didn't believe, wasn't a believer. And... Um, after the service on Sunday, or at the next Sunday morning service, I said, um, I took this to this person, and, I, and then God showed me who to give it to. And, and I took it, and I gave it to this lady, and she just broke down crying. And I said, uh, well, I'm so sorry. I mean, I don't usually have, you know, give people money, and they break down crying. And she said, she, she said, hold on. And she ran and grabbed her husband, who came reluctantly to church that day. And she drug him over there, and she said, Now you know God's real. They had a bill they couldn't pay, like a light bill or something, that was the exact amount of that check. Now, you don't get to do stuff like that if you don't have a heart that wants to give. And see, that's the thing. The hundred and whatever, I, it might have been more than my 230, I don't know. It was, it, was, it, it was enough money for me at the time that I could have written my name in that and it had been a blessing. But it was more of a blessing as a result of that. Here's a cool deal. That guy gave his life to the Lord and God had blessed me with a, a bass boat and we were sitting on a, we were living on Dardanelle Reservoir, right by Dardanelle Reservoir. We fished on that. 
so that I could take people that couldn't fish and, and I'd have an opportunity. This man loved to fish. And I got to take that man and help him walk in his walk with the Lord before he uh, passed away some years later, I heard, I believe. But, uh, but anyway, he, it was just a phenomenal deal. God used the heart of a giver to reach somebody that, that, uh, that, that was, was hesitant to God or hasn't to come to God. You know, our whole deal is, is God puts a lot of things on us to, to just accept. Say, okay, God, I'll do it your way. Okay, God, I'll, I'll do it. Here's, here's, what I, here's what I did in the beginning of our ministry. I said, God, I want to I be what you called me to be. Not going to chase fame and fortune. Not going to chase big numbers, not going to chase money, not going to chase any of those things. I'm going to follow you and trust you. And God has always supplied. He's provided in amazing ways. And so tonight I just challenge you with that word as Greg gets ready to come and close us out of here with a song. Jesus put it on us to make a choice. The Apostle Paul put it on us to, put it, to make a choice. And I'm going to put it on you to make a choice. Say, God, I want to give. You may say, God, I don't have anything much to give. You know what? When I first started, I would take a seed if it was $10. Here's, here's another story real quickly as he's coming. There was a lady needing and, needing and desired to be, to be able to say, I said in a service one time, if you need seed, I said, walk through the Walmart parking lot and ask God to show you where the coins are dropped. Every time I pull my keys out of my pocket, I probably drop dimes and quarters and stuff. I find money in the, at, the, at the back door where I pull my keys out because I carry change in this pocket where my keys are. There's money. There's things. And you know what she'd start doing? Whatever it was, 50 cents, 25 cents, whatever coins it was, God provided her a job and a car through that way. I don't know. You can, you can, you can say, I don't know if that works. I know it does. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. Lord, we just thank you that you're, you're a God who loves us. And Father, the ultimate gift was, our, was your son, Jesus Christ. The willingness of God to come to this earth, to lower himself to being a man, and to be willing to sacrifice and die for us. God, what a gift. And Lord, you give it to us freely. All we have to do is say, God, I'm yours. If there's anybody within the sound of my voice who's not sure they made to make, that they've never made Jesus Lord, or they've never said, okay, God, I'll give you my life. You can do that tonight by simply saying, declaring Jesus is Lord. Father, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I'm yours. If you can pray that prayer with sincerity, you can be saved. The other thing that we've had before us tonight is, is the opportunity to be a giver. It's not always in all in finances, but it's a willingness and an attitude of heart that begins with a willingness to do things God's way. God, I give you my life. I'm, I'm willing to forgive. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to let this person off the hook, even though they don't deserve it. I'm willing to take a seed of, either, of finances, of, of time, of, in, of words of encouragement, whatever it is, and sow those so that you can return them to me, so that I can walk in the abundance that you declared in your word so that I have to provide and give at all times. We thank you, Father, for it. Ask you for your blessing on this, on this word, that it takes seed and grow in the hearts of these, these people. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you ever need prayer, we're here for you. You can reach us online. Or I'll be here after service. Well, you always know how to challenge us, brother. glad you were here this evening I sure am I'm glad you all made the commitment to come to hear the word of God to hear that challenge to be poked a little bit 
to worship a little bit. We'll close out by singing uh, such a great old hymn. Without him I could do nothing. Without him I'd surely fail. Oh, without him I would be we would be without him boy well let's don't be without him let's be with him we're going to close in prayer Kevin Lord thank you for the message tonight from Kelly and, and Greg's always uh, great in his ministry with music as well I'll be with everyone as they go home this evening uh, we, we get a little rain uh, we sure appreciate it uh, the wheat pasture needs it and you, well you know Lord you know everything be with everyone as they go home and travel safely and be with our country. They darn sure need you too. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Have a good week, and uh, we are going to tear down. So if you can help.